All right. So how do you guys want to start this? <coughs> do you guys want to just go verse by verse? Well, how did everyone break it down? Um, did everyone do verse by verse? I've got a page in our different I did four sections. Yeah. Verse one and two, verse three and four, five through eight, and then three and five. I basically have a, a paper of my interpretations, but it's the same order of verse. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do verses. Yeah, mine are about two verses, too, I think. I think it's the best way. I mean, it's kind of verse by verse, but no. And do, I guess, we just talked about this earlier, do we want to make time a priority, or what? Do we want to worry about getting through the whole package, or do we just want to see the spirit? I'm, I'm more of a person that says, go with what the Lord, the Lord says. Like, you know, and then okay. Asks, okay. Um, we have to go against you. No, I, I'm fine. <laughs> I just <laughs> want to know what the flow was. Of going as far as
are your hearts tender and sympathetic, they, I'm sorry, um, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, um, loving one another, and working together uh, with one heart and purpose. That's pretty much what you said, and it was just like, wow. That just like, bam, to me. Like, no offense to the one, the version <laughs> that you were reading. I didn't write it. No, 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 I'm, I'm in the version that you were reading. I'm not trying to like bring that into it, but um, I think it's just to like quickly start off, I think it's really cool that he starts out with a question. You know, I don't know, at least in this one that I, that I have, it's, it starts out with a question. So it's making you, for me, it, it made me realize, like, why? Did anyone else's versions start off with a question? No, I was going to say that's a big difference because mine isn't like mine. Okay, see, because I, I took that and I was like, wow. Um, mine, uh, with uh, my version, it starts off with therefore if. Um, which, because of that, did anybody go back and read chapter one at all? Yeah. Yeah. I actually went back and did some work, just some studying on the actual church of Philippi. And, how it came about because I was wondering what his purpose was to worry about them being unified, why they weren't unified. Because mm -hmm. you guys go this far, or do you want me to? No, I think that's a great place to start okay. because that's the social context of the whole. Well, I mean, history is like my favorite part of it. So um, I found out a few things. I'll just kind of read them to you really quickly. One thing was in Philippi that um, they didn't have a synagogue, there was less than 10 um, Jewish men in that town. And so it was um, very much a um, a Gentile church. Um, also, it, the, I think that part of the reason he talked about the um, the unity because Philip, um, Philippi was one of the. Um, it was actually taken under Roman citizens. It was allowed to be a Roman town, and the citizens were given um, the rights of being Romans, like they could file lawsuits, they could own property, and things like that. And the first, not maybe not the first three members, but we find three members in the New Testament that were all from different socioeconomic classes, which was very different in the Roman days. Um, Lydia, the seller of purple, the demon-possessed girl, and um, if you remember her, she was the one that Paul, um, you know, got, with God's help, got the demons out of him. He ended up getting flogged because of it and put in jail, which he led the uh, Philippian jailer to the Lord. So you had three different groups, um, genders and everything. They were Asian, Greek, and Roman, so it was a very culturally diverse church. Um, also, later on in Philippians, he talks about church leadership, so we know the church was large enough to justify um, the different levels, like elders and, and things like that. And um, there's a couple other things. That, oh, Paul wrote it from prison. Um, everything I read, it said it could have been three different prisons, but they all leaned towards Rome. And um, it was Philip, the church at Philippi was the first church in Europe, and Paul planted it on his second missionary journey. And um, I just thought this was interesting because I love history, but Philippi was actually named for Alexander the Great's dad, uh, Philip of Macedonia, actually was the one who conquered it you know, many years ago. And it was on the Ignatian Way, which is a main Roman road, so it was very well traveled. And in 42 BC, that's when it became a Roman um, colony. And so part of the reason that possibly Paul talked about um, not being proudful, vain, conceit, all that, is because um, the citizens there didn't have to pay taxes and all that, and they could have gotten maybe some arrogance and pride because they were, even though they were in a different area, they were Roman citizens. And um, 
So anyway, that was just a little bit of background, and then I did go ahead and read chapter one, but I didn't really take notes on it. So it just helped me to understand a little bit of the, um, maybe what Paul was getting at. I mean, obviously, I don't know that he was talking to the class system, but I thought that that, that was very possible. Of you know, There was just this really kind of like a melting pot type of, um, which was a little bit different for a Roman um, area. So. Um, immediately before, uh, like the 27th to the end there, 27, 29, mm -hmm. um, he's talking about the persecution that uh, the church was going under. Um, and then turns and starts talking about encouragement. Um, because under persecution, they, as I understood it, they were more living for Christ. But then when it got into the church, um, and they were living happily, and life was easier, um, and not under persecution, that's where they were, the quarrels were coming. That's where um, they started to dissimulate, and issues were showing up. You know, um, They were letting their desires and their, their selfish needs get in the way of Christ. Whereas when, when persecution was happening, it was easier to live for Christ because um, they were following Christ's example. He was persecuted, so they were persecuted. Um, but um, then he's oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I got really into studying the um, individual words in this passage. I really got a lot out of it, and I just thought it was amazing because looking at the words and the meaning of the words and how they related to each other, like, I didn't do any historical research, but you picked up on that just in studying the different word choice and different things, that there had been persecution and that there was disunity and some different things. Um, just And that's like, I don't know, just studying like one individual word in here, you could see so much from it. I just thought that was really interesting. Well, let's jump into each of the verses and go through some of the format that Dr. Craig gave. All right. Um, one of the formats he gave was like the tone and the mood and uh, theme and stuff. Do you guys have, say, may have that kind of setting to it before we start the verses, I guess? Can I that again? Like, did you get a theme, like what the pastor was talking about, uh, the purpose of it, or what the message was? Just an overall before we start. Did anybody? We really just need to wake up and smell the Jesus. <laughs> you know? I really get that reminder. Yeah. All Christians get For a tone, I got the, um, this kind of concern or warning. That's exactly a warning, yes. Um, and then to me, the theme purpose is one body, one mind. Um, uniting Christians in Jesus, relating them to humility. Yeah. My personal theme for this passage, like when I think of it, I just think WWJD. Yeah. Like, I, when I read it, I was like, oh, it's the bracelet starter. Like, that's just, that's just what it made me think of, like, immediately. Yeah, verse, verse 5. Have this attitude in yourself, which is also in Christ. Um, my version, the uh, New International Version, doesn't start out with a question, but it starts out, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from His love, any fellowship with the Spirit, any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete, etc. And um, it just struck me, Paul 
basically assumes that if you're walking with Christ, you're going to have encouragement from being united with Him. You're going to have comfort from His love. You're going to have fellowship with the Spirit, and you're going to have tenderness and compassion just because you're following Christ. And it's almost like a, if you do, it's it's a it's basically assumed that at least one of those is going to be found in the followers of Christ. I take it like um, kind of like didn't these things come? Don't you have these things? Remember your benefits are being and, and you're still being ununified. You know, like these things came when you had salvation, and now that like the hype of salvation is gone, um, don't you still have these things? I got a really big question out of this, um, the first two sentences, um, and I just wondered if any of you had thought it was strange that he'd said, um, then make my joy complete. Yeah. He didn't say make God's joy complete or something, he said make my joy, and I was just wondering if you guys had any thoughts on that, because I um, could come up with a really good reason as to why he would specify that. That was one of my questions. That actually was one um, I've had too. That was one of my questions for the thing. And and what I came to a conclusion of was it was like a fatherly joy for his children learning something. When, you know, Paul is their Christian father. And um, when he looks at them, he wants to have a joy that they're growing in the Lord. Um, I can't remember where it's at, but, you know, um, you're, you're this many years in the Lord and you're acting like babies. You know, he wants to see them growing. He wants to see them learning. Um, and that, that joy that would come from them being unified would be a fatherly joy. It would be seeing his children growing in the Lord. That statement kind of puts the whole package in Because if you think about the different warnings and things that he gives in the verses that follow later on, some have a harsher tone, some have a more loving tone. Because I was comparing all the word choices of how he says, okay, do this, don't do this sort of statements. And so I'd say that puts a good perspective on how he wanted to frame it. feel like those are benefits that you get from having a relationship with Christ? Um, comfort from His love, fellowship with the Spirit? Like, could you identify with it personally? I know I did. I, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, I don't look at benefits, so to speak, of um, the different things that I've gained from my relationship with Christ in that way. But reading through this passage, it was it was almost like, well, why do I not do this? Because obviously I have all of these um, great blessings, you know, from my relationship with Christ. Are you with me or my? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you had a look. I thought, oh, no, I lost you. Um, so I'm just kind of wondering if you guys, you know, got into it personally in that way or if you had something else that it hit you with. Like some points of application or what are you looking for? Uh, yeah, I guess. I had, yeah. Or I'm thinking of our... Well, I wasn't sure which one you were more. I think it's, um, it's almost... This is your question. Yeah, sorry, I probably jumped because we didn't do interpretation. No, I'm just trying to get clarification. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say that I think it's almost like um, when you're in Christ, you get so much comfort from it that 
you don't even notice it in a way. There's so much support, and I think it's um, it's one of those things that can easily you can take it for granted. Like if you're not in Christ and you have nothing to turn to and you don't have support and it's just you're floating in space and something goes wrong, nothing's there. And I think like Christians can take um, take that for granted just because you're so used to it and you just you don't realize that not everybody feels that security. You know, I mean that's how that's what I would think looking at that. Um, I know for me, uh, that first one, the first part, is there any encouragement for belonging to Christ? And that just was like, wow. And actually made me cry when I read it, you know, because it was like, I know that I have Christ in my life, and I know he's there. I know that I'm trying my hardest to walk with him, you know, but, you know, it's kind of like a realization, like, why do you get down on yourself so much? Because you're, you were, you're God's, you're cho you know, yeah. God chose you. God wants you. God wants all of us, you know. And yeah, you know, it's just I love this passage so much, you know, because it's like, I mean, maybe that's just. The way that it came across to me, but it was just like the first, uh, the verse number one is, and in, in this is all questions relating to, okay, um, kind of like how I, um, I would explain it to my friends, like I won't do something or I didn't, I wouldn't tell somebody something because I would want them to figure it out for themselves, you know. So, does that make sense? So, like, when it, when it says that, it's like, is there any encouragement for belonging to Christ? Like, are you encouraged? Are you walking with me and really believing me? And, you know, kind of like, almost like God saying, hey, Annie, what are you doing here? You know, what, I've given you this, this gift and these talents. What are you doing with it? You know, that kind of thing. So, I know that's kind of a tangent, but, you know, that's just, it was so powerful to me. So just think that, um, that he would have so much love for those people. Because he didn't have to write to those people. He was in prison. You know, he, um, if, I, if my memory tells me correctly, he was about to, he was going to die. You know, um, not about to, but he was gonna, and he knew he was gonna, you know. Um, he was in prison, and who knows what was gonna happen next. I think that he probably did. You know, that's why he's sending a message to these people, you know, and, and putting them in check. You know, so I mean, it's so deep, it's so much deeper than just asking and, you know, confronting what would Jesus do kind of thing, you know. Yeah, I think with the context of his situation and, and their situation, you know, he's obviously he's in prison. Mm -hmm. He's been persecuted. And they're being persecuted, being in a Roman culture. Um, with those two kind of perspectives, uh, with verse 29, uh, it says, For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. And, okay, so, the, you know, they are suffering. 
You know, they are going through persecution. Paul is. And even in this persecution, you can see my...